Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form journalism from around the world. I'm Madison Derbyshire from the Comment and Analysis Desk. In this episode, our correspondent Amy Kazan reports on pesky stray cows in remote provinces of India. Abandoned by their owners once they can no longer produce milk, the nation's dairy cows are protected by religious law. But the larger problems are economic. In the world's most populous country, disruptions to the milk supply chain are now severe. Modi's India, the high cost of protecting holy cows. Sohan Lal, a 52-year-old sharecropper in India's heartland state of Madhya Pradesh, has long faced the typical problems of India's 120 million farmers, from the vagaries of weather to fluctuating commodity prices. But these days, Mr. Lal, who cultivates wheats and soybean on three acres in Pipli Mira village, is confronting a new menace that is causing havoc across India's rural economy, stray cows that get into his field and eat his crops. In 2004, the state government, controlled by the Hindu nationalist Bharatiya Janata Party, whose orthodox Hindu supporters revere cows as near deities, passed a new law banning all cattle slaughter. The legislation, which also prohibits taking aged cows out of the state for slaughter, was amended in 2012 to extend prison sentences and shift the burden of proof onto suspects who are now presumed guilty unless they can prove their innocence. With patrols of aggressive youth acting as enforcers, the ban upended the economics of keeping dairy cattle, destroying a thriving market for aged cows or male calves, which were previously valued for meat and hides. Today, unwanted bovines are just dumped under cover of darkness along highways or in other villages, resulting in a sharp surge in feral cattle. Mr. Lal says... People can't afford to feed them, so they just abandon them at night. Crops are being destroyed by both bulls and abandoned cows. If we are awake, we chase them away from the fields. Otherwise, they just destroy everything. Already the world's largest milk producer, India is struggling to keep pace with the demands of a more affluent population for nutritious food. But stray cattle are a growing problem as an ascendant BJP, led by Prime Minister Narendra Modi, uses its expanding power to strengthen cow protection laws and restrict the bovine trade, fulfilling its long-standing pledge to defend the gao mata, or cow mother. This disruption of complex supply chains that had linked Indian dairy farmers to leather and meat exports worth about $11 billion in 2016 highlights a fundamental contradiction at the heart of Mr. Modi's administration. In 2014, the Prime Minister was swept to power on a promise to accelerate economic growth and create new opportunities for the 12 million young Indians entering the job market each year. But his promise of economic revival was laced with an undercurrent of Hindu nationalism, which seeks to privilege the religious sensibilities of India's Hindu majority 
in public policy. In its pursuit of stronger cow protection laws at the expense of industries that together employ at least 5.5 million people, Mr. Modi's BJP has signaled that the Hindu nationalist cultural agenda trumps economic interests, including the urgent need for job creation. Gilles Vernet, a political science professor at New Delhi's Ashoka University, says, Cow protection has been a core issue that has defined the Hindu nationalist movement since its inception. It's not something that can be ditched easily for the sake of an economic argument. They are ready to bear the cost, and politically, they think it's more rewarding. The gains outweigh the cost. Economists say the tough cow protection policies are a blow to rural households, half of which keep bovines, both as a source of milk for their own consumption and to generate income. Experts warn of stagnating milk production and sharp increases in price. Ravi Srivastava, an economics professor at Jawaharlal Nehru University's Center for the Study of Regional Development, says, It's bizarre that the macro implications of this haven't been considered. You are turning an asset into a liability. He adds, If farmers are not able to sell their redundant cattle, the cost per unit of milk would have to go up horrendously for the rest of the dairy economy to be viable. More and more farmers are very disinclined to keep cattle. The country's cow protection movement began in North India in the late 19th century as upper caste Hindus sought to resist Western influence and spur nationalist sentiment. The cow, the heart of the rural economy, was elevated to the symbolic mother of the Hindu nation, an idea propagated in posters, pamphlets, and public meetings. Cow protection societies sprang up across North India and in big cities, pushing unsuccessfully to criminalize cow slaughter. Mr. Vernet says, The cow was always an essential companion of everyday life in rural India, it essentially became a symbol of Hindu national identity, which was not so much centered around religion, but around cultural symbols that are evocative of the motherland. The elevation of the cow to a sacred national symbol also fueled tensions, dividing Hindus from Muslims who had no taboo on eating beef and sometimes sacrificed cattle for their own festivals. Communal riots over cow slaughter erupted in 1893 and recurred in the following decades. After India's independence in 1947, conservative Hindu leaders pushed for a national cow slaughter ban in the constitution. That demand was rejected, but a directive principle in the charter urged individual states to prohibit the slaughter of cows or draft animals that could pull plows or carts. Since the 1950s, many states have banned the killing of productive cattle, but the killing of aged animals was often allowed, creating a robust rural market for animals that could no longer give milk or pull plows. As India's milk production has risen in the past two decades, so too have meat and leather exports, driven by the natural rotation of milk-producing animals and growing mechanization of agriculture, which has seen a sharp rise in the use of tractors and reduced demand for bulls. But on the campaign trail in 2014, Mr. Modi publicly decried India's rising meat exports, which he described repeatedly in emotive terms as a pink revolution, a reference to flesh and blood that he said was destroying the local cattle population. At a large rally, Mr. Modi told crowds, People who slaughter cows, who slaughter animals, are destroying our rivers of milk. Since then, the BJP has pushed to quash the cattle trade. 
BJP-ruled states widen their cow protection laws to stop the slaughter of even aged, unproductive animals, ban the interstate transport of cattle, and impose tougher penalties on the guilty, up to life imprisonment for killing a cow in Mr. Modi's home state of Gujarat. This summer, New Delhi issued a national order making it a criminal offense to buy or sell any bovines, including buffalo, for slaughter in the country's cattle markets, though the rules were set aside by the Supreme Court in response to legal challenges. North India has also seen the rise of violent cow defenders responsible for a series of lethal attacks on Muslim farmers and livestock traders, killings that have created a climate of fear and severely depressed once active markets for cattle, both young and old. Mr. Trivasta says, The supply chain has been completely disrupted because there are no traders coming into the villages. They are very, very afraid. The most immediate hit has been felt by India's leather industry, especially established leather hubs in BJP-ruled Uttar Pradesh in northern India, where the supply of hides has become highly erratic due to the vigilantism. M. Rafiq Ahmad, former chairman of the Council for Leather Exports, says, People are afraid to move the hides because the vigilantes can stop the leather movement on the ground. The domestic hide supply, he says, is on and off, it's okay for a while until something happens. Then it gets disturbed for a few weeks. Then it gets back to normal. But factories cannot function like that. We should have assured supply all the time. Given this, many Indian leather goods producers, including those making shoes and other products, have started importing hides from abroad. Mr. Ahmed says, People that have been using Indian leather want to be sure that their factories run, so they are importing more. The cow protection movement has also cast a long shadow over milk production. Sagari Ramdas, a veterinarian affiliated with the Food Sovereignty Alliance, says, Dairying is totally tied in with the freedom of the farmer to sell your animal and replace your stock. If the farmer is no longer going to have that freedom, it could have severe implications for the production of milk. The prosperous agricultural state of Punjab, where Nestle has its largest Indian milk packing and processing plant, is at the forefront of India's efforts to increase its milk output. With supplies still lagging behind demand, rising milk prices have been big drivers of food price inflation over the past decade. Amarjeet Singh Nanda, vice-chancellor of Ludhiana's Guru Angad Dev Veterinarian Animal Sciences University, says, We do need more milk. Our animals are not having the best productivity compared to the developed world. Punjab's enterprising farmers have largely turned their back on India's indigenous cattle, instead raising foreign crossbreeds like the Holstein Friesen, regarded as the world's highest producing dairy cows. As a result, Punjab produces 8% of India's milk from just 2% of its dairy animals. Punjabi farmers have also been breeding the high-yielding Holstein Friesen cows, which are worth nearly 100,000 rupees, and selling them to farmers across North India, helping to raise the nation's milk output. But restrictions on cattle sales and cow protection vigilantism in BJP-ruled states have led to a collapse in demand for the expensive animals, with farmers reluctant to make such purchases any longer, due to uncertainty over whether they can recoup their costs. Vigilantes in Punjab's neighboring states often demand that transporters pay 15,000 rupees or $230 per cow before they will permit the trucks to proceed to their destination. 
Avtar Singh, a cattle breeder who says his only sales are now to farmers in Punjab, says, The cow I was selling for 90,000 rupees, now I'm selling for 50,000 rupees. People are humiliating the traders, saying these animals are their mothers. If such trends continue, Mr. Nanda warns, India will face a milk crisis. The growth in dairying will stop. Ajay Veer Jakar, chairman of the Punjab Farmers Commission, agrees that the disruption to the livestock trade will have significant repercussions for the production of milk. Mr. Jakar says, People will stop keeping dairy animals because it's not viable anymore. India will become a net importer of milk in 10 years' time. We will be completely dependent on buying milk from abroad. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 